Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The football season is in full swing, and Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use our promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, Colin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's happening? Well, I, I got some weird news for you. They're supposed to What's play. That? They're supposed to play football this weekend. I will believe it when I see it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we are really close. The last I saw was that we are maybe like two or three players over the league minimum for actually playing football. So, if we have any, uh, you know, new COVID news, we could be in a situation where we go a month without any football. Yeah, that sucks balls. I was really enjoying football, and then it just disappeared from my life. And the weird thing is it didn't disappear for everybody else, just Mizzou. Yeah, I. Uh, it was really – last weekend was just devastating. No Chiefs, no uh, Mizzou, uh, no football. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. Just for me, you know. Yeah, and, well, uh, and, and I say just Mizzou, but a lot of the SEC sat out last weekend. But we've had – no team has been more affected by cancellations than Mizzou, especially since most of them occurred not because of our own team, but the team we were playing. I don't know this, Brendan, but, I mean, just a breaking news. I've, I've heard to the grapevine that they may be changing the Florida Gators' mascot to the uh, doorknob lickers. Is that right? Yeah, so Dan Mullen and the fighting doorknob lickers. That is what he advised all his players and coaches to do, I believe. Apparently, apparently. Against doctor's orders. Hey, guys, make out with my wife and lick as many doorknobs as you can find. And then I find a wife who's forced me to wear the horns of a cuckold. <laughs> that's right. Dr. Fauci, he is not. <laughs> no, no, I, I think that's a safe thing to say, Brennan. I feel like you're not out on a limb there. Well, we are playing South Carolina, hopefully this weekend, and it is going oh, to Oh, with be... Will Muschamp? No, Colin. No. You'd oh. think that, but no. 
Over the weekend, obviously, the news broke that Will Muschamp had been fired by South Carolina. I guess not a huge surprise. Nobody loved Will Muschamp at South Carolina no. or anywhere else. But it, yeah, I tell you what, if you could go back to the way back machine, this when they hired him, I think you could have. Well, I think we predicted this exact outcome. So yeah, yeah I would say that it's not a surprise. But Will Muschamp is below a zero. He's had years of experience in every team he's been to. The last four years have they've done appreciably worse like he is a cancer to a football program and they still look at him as a better option than than a question mark from outside because he's been in the sec it's bizarre i tweeted it out i i I thought i'm flabbergasted that anyone in uh, uh, roots for south carolina can be happy about this decision it's amazing i thought it was a joke at first like when people started like mentioning Muschamp's name it was it seemed so farcical to me Yeah, a, a guy who can't make the Florida Gators good seemingly can't make the South Carolina Gamecocks good. Who would have thought it? Yeah, it's almost like he's not head coaching material. Yeah, Weird. well, I don't know that we're going to be seeing him in an SEC head coaching job anytime soon. No, I now, think, I think I think his head coaching days are behind him if he wants to stay in the SEC. Yeah, I think South Carolina needs to go the Mizzou route. They need to find somebody fresh and new outside the SEC conference. Though I'm sure they will. Go dig up some coordinator from the fucking depths of some SEC team like Alabama or Auburn and make him a head coach. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because we did have Rob Sanders on for 1400 Sports Radio in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I interviewed him on Monday, so Muschamp had just been fired. We really didn't speculate much on who the head coach candidates might be because it was too early. But I do want to go over the names with you now that I've heard because it's been a few days and there are some guys emerging. And I'm going to go through this list too, Colin. From my standpoint, least interesting to most interesting. And I just okay. want to hear your thoughts. The first one is a guy named Jamie Chadwell. He is currently the head coach at Coastal Carolina and has them going well. It's a name that I think will be interesting to a lot of people because they've seen a lot of him. He's in Carolina already. He's having success. He's a young guy. He is sort of the drink wits that maybe South Carolina yeah, could look at. Would, uh, you'd think he'd know the uh, at least the recruiting footprint. Yeah, I mean, that that's the reason Are he's there. not going to be <laughs> the head coach at South Carolina as far as I'm concerned. The next guy they're talking a lot about is a guy named Billy Napier, who he was an assistant coach, I think, under Nick Saban. And the talk from about Billy Napier, who is now the coach at the Raging Cajuns, is that he's been eyeballing this job for a long time. And the, the rumor is that he's turned down jobs at a lower level waiting for the South Carolina job to come open. I don't know if he's an exciting enough name for South Carolina to want him, but he has a good resume. He served his time, and he's a he's a strong coaching candidate. I mean, who, he he seems like a firm candidate from the standpoint of that it, it's his time. He's next man up. I'll tell you what: have they considered going the Arkansas route and just hiring a lunatic offensive line coach? Because that seems to be working out okay. <laughs> it does. Maybe that's what direction SEC administration is going to take. But the the last two names I have for you are names you're going to have heard of. One is Steve Sarkeesian. Obviously, he is a guy who coached oh, at. Yeah, he was a head coach at Washington and then USC briefly before he drank his way out of a job. And uh, yeah. the name okay, Sark. I don't, I don't know if you remember the Sark after dark moment where. He, oh yeah. Yeah, he uh, he went to a, I think it was a fundraising event for University of Southern California and got shit faced drunk and said some inappropriate things on a microphone and didn't last. <laughs> 
They didn't like it in the Pac-12. But Nick Saban said, hey, I, I love to have a reconstruction project, and he hired him, and obviously he's led Alabama's offenses to some success. And so, you know, his next step would obviously be a head coaching job. You know, what? Well, Steve Sarkeesian's a candidate, a real candidate. Yeah, I think if you're if, – if- South Carolina is going to pull a name and somebody that's got some, you know, a proven track record of success. That's the way they have to go. I mean, the Bloom's a little bit off the rose because of his past, but I don't think anybody basically questions his coaching chops at this point. Just that, you know, he likes booze a lot, maybe mm. more than is uh, appropriate. But I'm assuming he's got that under control. I think anyway. so. I think so. And, you know, and we wish him the best, but. He's still not as interesting as the final candidate, Colin. I think you might know where I'm going to go with this. In the world of SEC retreads, he is the retreadiest, and it's got the most South Carolina fans excited. The name I'm talking about is Hugh Freeze. Oh, God. Are you serious? It's a big-time name they're talking about, Colin. They are he looking... just got a new contract from fucking Liberty. Now, do you, you know think that I mean? means it's an ounce of anything to Hugh Freeze? I mean, his word no. is total garbage. Obviously, the guy is a yeah, li- liar. He's a charlatan. He's a, he's a, he's a whoremonger, <laughs> frankly. Sure. And yeah. uh, so if an SEC program comes his way and says, hey, we have a coaching job for you, don't you think he's going to tell Liberty, hey, thanks for the contract extension. Now go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who has zero know, integrity. Likes have, yeah, likes having sex with prostitutes and then basically preaching yeah. on the uh, on Twitter. So, yeah, I mean, this is not a person who I feel like is, uh, I don't know. Yeah, character might be a question. Yeah, it, certainly character is a question. Past, obviously, a question. Hugh Freeze. I mean, if you're looking for a court coach that's into whore fucking, then mm-hmm. he's your man. Yeah, well, you know? but there's no shortage of that. You're into that. You, yeah. don't, you don't have to you search like the country for whore fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm not judging whore fuckers, Brennan. Mm-hmm. Whore fuck all you like. Just don't slap me in the face with a Bible when you're not whore fucking. You know, <laughs> whore fuck and not do that. You so know you're saying mean? you don't think... I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I think they're compatible. Yeah, I just feel like there might be a, just a scotch of hypocrisy there. Do you think the Bible-loving and whore-fucking, do you think that Venn diagram overlaps anywhere other than Hugh Freeze? Oh, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brennan, uh, there's an old analogy that I love. 
religion is like a dick. It's great to have one. It's great to be proud of it. Just don't shove it down my throat. <laughs> and uh, that's what Hugh Freeze basically does. He does. He shoves his dick down horse throats, and then he shoves religion down my throat and everyone else's. So I'm just kind of not a big fan of Hughes. Well, I certainly don't have any faith that South Carolina is going to not hire him because it's not an honorable thing to do. I don't think they care about that <laughs> any one iota. <laughs> Yeah, you don't think SEC football programs are super concerned about honor? No. Weird. <laughs> so, I mean, it'll be interesting, and I fully expect South Carolina to, whatever they do, make a colossal fuck-up of it. Yeah, they'll make a disaster of it. It'll be a disaster. Speaking of disasters, I, I want to bring this up because I said earlier on that Rob Sanders was going to join us to tell us about South Carolina and what we can expect. One thing that has happened since we did that interview, and I should mention it for Rob's sake because he didn't even know this at the time. It hadn't happened till the day after, but... But their star defensive players, J.C. Horn and Israel Mukwambu, have declared that they are going to sit out the rest of the season and prepare for the NFL draft since Coach Muschamp has been fired. They're the two best defensive players on South Carolina's team. Their defensive-minded head coach is now gone. I really think there is a chance. Drinkwitz runs a complex offense that a confused and out-of-sorts defense can really get fucked up by. I think we could score a ton of points on South Carolina. Call me crazy, but this could be a game where we're, I think, a crazy, a six-point favorite right now. I think we could put up big points against South Carolina, even on the road. Honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to this game, just from the standpoint of, like, they, we barely, both teams barely have enough players to play. Yeah. And so there's going to be a lot of guys on this field that we have never heard of before. There's going to be a lot of 5'10 white guys running around this football field probably tomorrow. It's, it's going to be kind of fun to watch. I mean, imagine... Imagine a guy like me or you, Brennan, deep on the, you know, literally just on the team out of, out of some sort of charity, you walk on status and I'm, you're forced to play and then Nick Bolton hits you in the chops. Yeah. You'll die. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Like seeing like somebody who just obviously does not belong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out on that field. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you remember, but we had a lot of receivers down against LSU and we had guys just absolutely step up to the plate and play well. Yeah. So I have some confidence if we can play that we can play well, but you know, time will tell this it's we're recording this. It's Wednesday. God only knows what we're going to hear between now and Saturday night, but I am so hoping we play football. And if we do, I'm, I may be more optimistic than I should be. And I only no, say that because I'm a Mizzou fan. It's Dawson Downey's time to shine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Colin, why don't we get to our interview with Rob Sanders? We'll come back and discuss what we think is going to happen in this big old game. M-I-Z. You throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazad on the line now is Rob Sanders with Sports Radio 1400 in Columbia, South Carolina, with what is going to be an interesting interview, given the news that we heard over the weekend of Will Muschamp being fired as head coach at South Carolina. Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on, buddy. I really appreciate it. Well, uh, what can you tell us? How did this go down? I mean, 
you kind of gave us a heads up before all the news broke that things were stirring over there in South Carolina. And then uh, news did break and Muschamp was gone. Seems a little weird that South Carolina could have saved themselves some money with a little patience. But tell us and just get, lay it out for us. What happened with Will Muschamp? Well, uh, from the start, he wasn't exactly the hire that uh, I think a lot of the Gamecock fan base wanted. He wasn't something where you heard his name and you were thinking, hey, I'm going to go buy season tickets especially after uh, what had happened in Florida. But he came here and he had uh, one good season, which uh, was, a, was a nine and four type year. But I call that the dumpster fire year because a lot of the teams that he beat ended up making coaching changes or having something happen to them where they weren't exactly the team that uh, they were at the start of the season. So it was, it was a mirage of sorts. That, that's kind of how I felt about that year. They went over Michigan in a bowl game that no one cared about. And he ended up getting a contract extension out of that that included a huge buyout that pretty much saved his job last year. But apparently the university had had enough. They've given up a uh, hundred and so, like 169 points in their last three games, some ridiculous number like that. They just decided that, hey, they've had enough and they're willing to, to take the bite, even though this is going, the, uh, the athletics department is like a $40 million short of, uh, of you know breaking even, they're willing to eat the rest of this money to uh, to get rid of Will Muschamp. Well, you led into my next question. I mean, uh, if South Carolina is in the same situation Missouri is, and everybody else, given COVID and all the sort of overspending that these schools have been doing over the last few years, money's tight, and it it is kind of shocking that they are not being a little bit more, I guess, fiscally responsible. I mean, obviously, the season's not going the way South Carolina hoped, but it is kind of a weird year. I mean, team, games aren't getting played. It's not. I don't know. It's just kind of a gimme year, I feel like. And so, like, just grin and bear it for a little bit for a month and then save yourself some money. I, I don't know. I was really surprised to see it happen. I was, too, especially considering the fact that, you know, the women's basketball coach, Don Staley, who is considered one of the best in the country, took a pay cut. Frank Martin, highly respected of a basketball coach, also took a pay cut. You know, we've had programs in the state. Furman had to cut their baseball program. Uh, Clemson. You know, one of the nationally prominent teams in football in the country cut um, indoor and outdoor track and field, just completely ended the program. So you can see where this is going to bite. And I I say Coach Tanner because I'm so used to calling him that from being the baseball coach here. But the athletics director, Ray Tanner, said that he doesn't want COVID-19 to affect the uh, the student athlete, but they're completely in the red with this. And uh, the money has to come from somewhere. And I mean, you'd like to think that uh, someone... Uh, a big donor decided to write a check to the board of trustees. Maybe that happened, but it's still, it's just an absolute mess as far as the financial end of it. You mentioned those coaches taking a pay cut. Do you think they see that as somewhat of a slap in the face? I mean, like, look at Coach Staley, who's had success there at South Carolina, taking a pay cut, and then they're going to hand over money to a coach just to not coach football. You know, he's going to get more money not coaching at South Carolina than it is, and then she is of uh, of the scene in Moneyball where they've got uh, Brad Pitt talking to what is supposed to be David Justice from the Atlanta Braves. And he's like, yeah, well, you're paying me, you know, blah, 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 million. He goes, no, 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 the Yankees are paying you this. It's the same way with Will Muschamp. He's going to go sit home and and get paid to do absolutely nothing. Uh, I think we worked it out earlier. He's getting paid. I think it's like, let's say it's like $500 a minute or something. It's some stupid number that one of our guys came up with. But I mean, it's absurd what he's getting paid to do absolutely nothing. And he led the team to a 28 and 30 record with some sterling losses. That's kind of the way that I look at it. Uh, 
the of course you've got the the loss to Appalachian State last year, which you know you guys know with uh, Coach Drinkowitz up there, who as soon as it was over, and uh, I should send you the clip of this. Uh, uh, Coach Drinkowitz actually said, "Can you imagine uh, what I can do if I had the money that South Carolina has? I've got like a tenth of their money." And I, I went into their stadium and beat them. And I, I was a fan of Coach Drinkowitz after that because uh, what a ballsy statement to just to just say that after you went into Williams Bryce and uh, and wiped Will Muschamp's nose for him. I mean, uh, I was a fan of Coach Drinkowitz after that. So I mean, but he has losses like that that stick with the Gamecock fan base, including never getting within 21 points of Clemson. And, of course, this is a Gamecock team that had um, five straight wins against Clemson uh, before Muschamp got there. And then towards the end of the Spurrier era, things fell off a little bit, but they couldn't get within 21 points of their rival and then just losses that couldn't be explained. And that's that's the big thing with Muschamp and why he's on the way out. And one other little note on, on Muschamp that's amusing to me is that he defended DJ Durkin who, of course, was at Maryland and had the issues where uh, the young man died under his watch and said last week, I feel sorry for uh, for Durkin. I feel sorry for what happened to him, which when I heard that on the teleconference, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, how did the McNair family feel? I mean, they don't get to come home to their son. And then the next words out of his mouth are, he is an outstanding defensive coach. Well, South Carolina's running back, which uh, Mizzou will see this weekend, uh, Kevin Harris, rushed for a Gamecock record five touchdowns against the DJ Durkin defense. So I don't think you can evaluate coaches either. I, I mean, just, just to be completely honest, I mean, it, it is really addition by subtraction with, uh, with Will Muschamp hitting the door for South Carolina. At least before he was getting paid to go to the stadium to do nothing. Now he's going to be at home being paid to do nothing. So it doesn't sound like a real win for South Carolina as far as, uh, continuing to write checks to Will Muschamp and big checks. But, I mean, we started doing our program in 2014, and he was coaching at Florida, and we got to see him really destroy a, for, a Florida program pretty well. And the fact that South Carolina took him, I know, like you said, he wasn't beloved when he was hired there, and he wasn't the first choice, but it boggled our mind that he was taken. And it, it only bolstered the opinion that we have, being newcomers to the SEC, that the SEC will take loser retreads before they'll try a new guy from outside of the conference. And it it never works out. It just doesn't seem to ever work out. But Will Muschamp's the poster child for that. So it's not heartbreaking from our standpoint. And, and I guess it leads us to the game coming up on Saturday. Mizzou hasn't played a football game in two weeks. They're going to be three weeks now. South Carolina, you have to think, is going to be in a state of disarray without a head coach and losing to Ole Miss in sort of spectacular fashion. I mean, it was just a game without defense. What kind of South Carolina team do you expect to see against Missouri? Will they be you know, focused or you know, will there, there be something to rally around or do you expect it to be sort of more disarray? Well, uh, Coach Mike Bobo, of course, is uh, the interim coach, and he comes in from Colorado State. And uh, I got I got red flags from him because one of the first things he does is he brings in his uh, his quarterback from from Colorado State, and and it's like you know when you're in an SEC program, I'm not trying to mock Colin Hill, but that's something that the fans look at it and they're like, wait a minute, this guy's going to bring in his quarterback with him from Colorado State, and they weren't very good up there. So you're going to bring him here, and we're expected to believe that the offense is going to be better. There was talk about, uh, and, and Muschamp opened up a quarterback competition last week, but then named Hill the starting quarterback again. And it's not an issue of Hill doesn't have, you know, at least some tools to play with. I mean, uh, Kevin Harris is, you know, he, he rushed for five touchdowns last week. So, I mean, you've got that as far as 
the running game, and, and Shai Smith is a good wide receiver. But I, as far as the disarray, the defense is the problem for South Carolina. Former Gamecock assistant coach Eric Wilson joins me on my show here, and he said that they don't have an SEC-quality linebacker. They've got guys that are out there, and they try hard, but they're either too small or they don't quite comprehend what's going on with the system. And uh, a lot of mid-range slants and things like that just completely eat up this defense. Even though the back end of it, you've got two great talented, quote unquote, according to uh, NFL experts, that guys that are going to be drafted in uh, Mukwamu and, of course, J.C. Horn, they're going to play on Sundays, but they look silly because they're always out of spots because they're trying to cover up for the linebackers. So, I mean, it really is um, the Gamecock defense is a clown car and you've got so many things coming out of it. And the offense at times just sputters when they don't do what they're good at, which is give Harris the ball and just let him run. That did seem to be the uh, the strategy Saturday against Ole Miss, and it was very effective. But my goodness, giving up fifty nine points. I know that Ole Miss has a you know a really good offense, but fifty nine points you can't give that up to anybody. And no. you know, and then on the offensive side, you mentioned um, Bobo, Mike Bobo, as as the interim head coach again. More SEC retread, you know. I mean, he. I was at a game against Georgia when he was their offensive coordinator, and the Georgia fans absolutely couldn't stand him. And then South Carolina comes along and says, "Hey, uh, they hate Mike Bobo. Let's give us some of that. We want more of that." And so, a combination of him and Muschamp just seemed like a loser from the word go. I mean, wh- what are your expectations going up against a Missouri team that has at times shown some really strong offensive capability and has some star players in the likes of Nick Bolton at linebacker and. Eric Areas on their defense, but you know, is, is average at best on the defensive side of the ball. In in my opinion, uh, I think Mizzou's offense, uh, just from my perspective from here, and I've watched a couple of the Mizzou's games this year. Uh, I watched the Alabama game and and the LSU game, and LSU was interesting to me because they've got talent, according to once again the people that judge talent that's going to play on the next level, but they always seem to be in the wrong spot. Uh, I think with South Carolina, if they can. If Traveris Robertson, who is the defensive coordinator, now doesn't have Will Muschamp looking over his shoulder, he can just go out there and, and, and I hate to say this, but you know, let his guys go after the quarterback a little bit because they weren't doing that before and, and try to put some pressure on some folks so that uh, when you know, Matt Corral comes back, he doesn't have the opportunity to just sit there and make throws when he needs to. I think that they might be okay, but... I think that Mizzou defense and, uh, excuse me, the Mizzou offense with, uh, with Roundtree and, uh, your quarterback whose name I cannot pronounce. <laughs> Basilak. Yeah. Connor Basilak. Basilak. Yeah. But, um, I think with him and, uh, him and Roundtree, I think they can, uh, do enough to, uh, pick up a win over South Carolina, but it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And I think the line on it is like, uh, Mizzou's a five point favorite on the road. If you'd have told me that at the beginning of the season, I'd have bought you a taco. <laughs> I don't know that Missouri's been a favorite all year long based on the schedule that we've had thus far, but it always scares me when when Missouri is. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is going to be a strange game. I mean, Missouri fans are chomping at the bit just to see football. You know, it's been so long now. Last week it was because of a Missouri player who uh, caused us to miss because of COVID restrictions. Prior to that, it had been a couple of games, you know, from the opposing teams. So... Assuming it is Monday when we're recording this, assuming that we do play this game, I know that Missouri fans, players, coaches are really going to be excited. We've played teams 
often after they've lost a head coach. We lost, After Les Miles was fired, we played LSU in Death Valley, and we got absolutely stomped. We played other coaches or other teams after their coaches have been fired, and we've taken advantage of sort of a, of a situation in disarray. And I just wasn't sure what you felt like South Carolina, where they were. You know, can they still forge ahead, and will they improve without Muschamp, or will they just kind of be like, well, this season is lost, we're kind of floundering, and uh, Mizzou will pick up and a win that maybe they wouldn't have, you know, if things had gone differently earlier in the season? I think it comes down to, to the first quarter of this game for the rest of the season. And what I mean by that is, is if, if Mizzou comes out and scores two touchdowns really quick, you could see where some of these guys may just pack it in, in my opinion. And move on. The uh, a lot of the guys last night on social media from the team, uh, a lot of the team leaders, J.C. Horn and guys like that, were tweeting out, you know, that their love and respect for Coach Muschamp. And you have to think, uh, okay, we're being told to follow this guy that wasn't here six months ago, seven months ago, and you're expecting us just to follow him into the fire here. And I don't know if they're completely behind Mike Bobo or not. I mean, and we won't know until the first quarter. I do think that uh, Harris, the running back, is absolutely all heart, everything that you could possibly say about a player, and he's going to run and grind until the clock hits double zeros. So if they're up 50, down 50, he's going to run hard. So I I don't question him at all. Uh, But some of the other guys, some of them make stupid decisions, like uh, Shai Smith, the leading receiver for the team, caught a great catch in the end zone against uh, Ole Miss last week. And acted like he won the Super Bowl, took his helmet off and drew a 15-yard penalty and just just stupid things. If there's more of that and less of what Harris brings, South Carolina could quit after the first quarter on uh, on a Saturday night. How many fans are they letting him to Williams Bryce? Uh, it's, it's around uh, 20,000, I believe. I've got the, don't have the number in front of me, but it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's completely there. Kind of, you know, you can have I think four people in one section or what have you, but it's not. Uh, as electric of an atmosphere as it normally is. Sure. And, and I think that maybe Missouri fans have taken advantage of that a little bit because I think we're, we're at 10 to 15. I can't remember the exact number we're letting in. And obviously it's a, it's not as electric as you say, but especially when you're on the road in places that were, you know, a hundred thousand seats or 80,000 seats, much bigger stadiums than Mizzou has, you know, it really kind of, I don't know, it seems to tamp down the home field advantage maybe a little bit. I agree. I don't think there's really any home field advantage at all anywhere this year. Yeah, it's 20,000 fans they're allowing into the stands. And at one point this season, at the beginning of the season, I remember they had like a big student lottery where students only got a certain percentage of the tickets and they had to let in more students because the average fan, and a lot of it could be COVID related too, but I I think there's just a section of the Gamecock fans that are just completely turned off by Muschamp and a lot of them may buy into this weekend, but there's also that section that thinks like what you talked about earlier of we don't want Bobo to win because then they, you know, uh, Ray Tanner said today that Bobo is going to be one of the candidates for the job. And you should have seen Gamecock Twitter after that. People were losing their mind. Yeah. And um, so there's the adage of, hey, we don't want our team losing, but we end up being losers if Bobo is the next coach. That's kind of the, the mentality the online mentality anyway from, from uh, the Gamecock fan base. All right, well, Rob Sanders, I got one last question for you, and this involves the uh, the heralded Mayor's Cup, the uh, two Columbias going head-to-head. The, the mayors, I guess, hand off this trophy that no one cares about. 
I guess I'm going to ask you this annually. Do you think the tr- the trophy this year is trending up in people giving a shit about it? Or is it trending down in that fewer people care about it than ever? Because currently, it's maybe not the most exciting trophy. Does anybody care about this matchup? I think that South Carolina fans think that uh, they're a better football program than Missouri. And I think going into that every year, they think they're just better than Missouri top to bottom. And when you mention things like, you know, Mizzou joined the conference in what, 2012, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mizzou has two times the SEC East titles that South Carolina has, and they joined in 1992. When you say things like that to them, then they get really upset with you and uh, they want to yell things at you on the radio. But uh, as far as the, the cup aspect of it, I, I've been covering the Gamecocks for uh, 18 years now, and I have no clue what this cup is. I've heard about it, never seen it. The same thing that goes with the bottom trophy, which goes to the winner of the Texas A&M South Carolina matchup, which apparently has something to do with with the Alamo. <laughs> I, take both cups together, fill them with Jägermeister, and we can all get drunk. That's about all I know about these cups, and uh, we can all get along on that standpoint. But I, I, as far as the rivalry between Missouri and South Carolina on the football field, Gamecocks think they're above the Tigers, and when they lose, they they get really really upset, especially. Uh, after last season with uh, what they think was a, an absolute debacle up there uh, in uh, Columbia, Missouri. It's interesting. I feel like during the Pinkle Spurrier era, it was, I mean, there were some really important, good games between these two programs. And during the Odom slash Muschamp era, it's really fallen off as far as anybody kind of caring about this game as much. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I think especially, uh, I think last year there, there was so much hope with uh, with Ryan Holinsky and how, you know, he came out against Alabama like right before they played Mizzou and he threw for all these yards and it's like, wow, they finally found a quarterback that can do something. And then he goes up there and was just really, really not very good. I think that was kind of the tipping point there with with a lot of, uh, of the Gamecock fan base. Um, the loss to Mizzou last year and then, of course, the loss to, to App State to uh, to top it all off. Rob Sanders from Sports Radio 1400 in Columbia, South Carolina. If you want to hear more about the Gamecocks and what's coming against the Tigers this Saturday, you can find him there. Thank you so much for joining us, Rob. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Okay. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so. Because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries, so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. Well, there you have it, Colin. I uh, I have a little confidence. I don't know that we've been favored all year long, so it's a weird position to be in for us. Yeah, honestly, that line being six at, at uh, South Carolina seems like a lot. But then again, depending on who's available for Mizzou, I mean, we've got a better quarterback. We've got a better defense. I mean, there's really, we should win this game. I agree. I, I truly do agree, and I don't think that's homerism either. I just, you know, of course it's not homerism. The line's moved up to six and a half, by the way. I just looked at it. Like, people, the money is on Mizzou's side right now. Yeah. Uh, you know what's not on our side? Any of the national media. We're back on the SEC alternate again. Fuck. Yeah, I tell you what. I Half the fan base uh, doesn't know how to find these games. 
the only the only fear I have is sometimes there's a rally around the interim coach kind of thing, you know. Uh, yeah. Somebody gets fired and they're like, "Hey, we're the underdog. We're in this together." You know, blah blah blah. The, there is always that risk, you know. It it happens sometimes when a head coach gets fired, everybody just kind of sort of rallies and and pulls for one another. But I do feel like that is a that sort of thing is derailed a little bit by two of their defensive players deciding to say, "Fuck it." Yeah, I agree. And just not playing. Well, if if they're saying fuck it, imagine how many of the players who can't go to the NFL are kind of saying fuck it internally as well. Yeah, you're going to see, like I said, you're going to see a lot of guys that haven't not seen a lot of playing time play their hearts out, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot of guys who probably have have not been super stringent about their COVID like guidelines, but now they realize like I might actually get a chance to play. I'm not going to leave my dorm room until Saturday. Yeah, they're not going to eat random ass. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. And, you know, that Bobo guy's an idiot, so, you know, he's going to be hard to rally around. I mean, he was bad at Georgia, and he's been bad uh, at South Carolina, and just makes me presume he's just bad. Yeah, I think bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with bad. <laughs> you know, I, if we do pull out the win, it'll be our third win. We'll be three and whatever, three and three then at that point. I think we've only played five games compared to everybody else's seven. You know, three was the bar for us. That means any game after this, including an upcoming Vanderbilt game, hopefully, we could rise above expectations. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Yeah, well, I think I feel like by pulling off the win against LSU, Drinkwitz put himself in the driver's seat to have a successful season as long as he just, from this point on, matches expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's been a month, or it feels like almost a month. It's it's hard to remember feeling good about this team because we didn't, you know, the last game we saw was not great, but still, quarterback looks good. Our coach seems to have his shit together. You know, I, I still have a lot of confidence, and it'd be nice to see him win on uh, Saturday and sort of reignite a fire that I think it started in the fan base. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're starting to see the light at the end of this long Odom tunnel. And it, you could just feel the enthusiasm within the program, and then you know COVID kind of derailed it. But I'm looking forward to them, you know, going out and looking good on Saturday and continuing to kind of build enthusiasm for the program. It always helps recruiting. It helps uh, certainly helps with our listens for the podcast. It, mm-hmm. it just helps everything. It, it helps the downtown restaurants. It helps the selling tickets. I mean, winning makes everything better always you're right about that and the only trepidation i have at this point on is that we've kind of talked ourselves into a lot of confidence and, and enthusiasm for this game and it seems like whenever we get to this point that's when we have a colossal fuck up but that was barry odom's signature not necessarily eli drinkwitz's signature it's it's a make, weird feeling as a, a good point as a Mizzou fan, you want to be always like measure yourself. Oh, don't be too optimistic. You know, don't build yourself up too much. But we have every reason to think we can win this game. And when we started this season, this was not a gimme game. You know, there was we were kind of hopeful maybe we'll be competitive with a South Carolina. But I think we couldn't have caught them at a better time. Yeah, it's a low bar. It's a low bar to win the games you're supposed to win. Yeah. But it was a bar that Barry Odom very rarely got over. And so, you know, this is a, another opportunity for Drinkowitz to sort of build confidence in him and the program. Like, here's a ch- game you should win. And if he just does what he's supposed to do, it's a low bar, but, man, it makes you happy. It makes you enthusiastic because it's a bar that we haven't been able to jump over for a few years. You know, and he did that. He jumped over that bar for Kentucky, and now here's South Carolina and uh, an opportunity. Finally, an opportunity for this Mizzou team. Again, they are playing Saturday, 630 at Columbia, South Carolina. They'll be on SEC Alternate, which if you have Hulu, the best thing you can do is go over to the ESPN app and get it on that. That's the only advice I can give you there because this is a question I have to answer every week that we're on SEC Alternate with your mother. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't understand how cable works, Brennan. Or no. most things. No, <laughs> she certainly doesn't. You know have seen me trying to explain Disney Plus the other day. It yeah. was fun. 
streaming service is not really within her realm, huh? No, she got she got there. It just you know I had to write some stuff down. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, we got we got it taken care of. Well, if you need any help, don't come to us, fans. We're tired of talking about it, but we'll be on SEC alternate. I don't know. I think we can win this game. My my big prediction is not just to win, but I think that our offense is going to produce well. And frankly, I think we. It, I don't want to say a blowout, but I think, we, like you said, we have a better defense. I think their offense is in disarray. I think their defense is in disarray. The pieces are there for a blowout, and I feel like I'm really putting myself out there by saying that, but nothing could, it couldn't have aligned better for us to this point. Brennan, the good news is there's zero consequences for that prediction, so oh well. <laughs> That's true. If that doesn't happen, we will delete this podcast. That's right. It never happened. But if, if it does happen, I just want to lay it out there again. Brendan predicted it. Huge blowout. Mizzou wins. Yep. I hope you're right. All right, Colin. What do your What do you think? Do you think blowout or is that oh, crazy? It's hard to listen in a in a world where I knew who was going to play. I'd say blowout. But yeah, I mean, it's it's Bazelak playing. Do we know that? I mean, he's one of the guys playing right. Roundtree's playing and Bolton's playing. I'm like, if we got our studs, yeah, I'd say blowout. Okay, sure, why not? We really talked ourselves up. We, you know, we, yep. I, I wasn't thinking blowout when we started this podcast, and now I'm like, whoa, I got my dick out. Yeah, <laughs> well, put it away. <laughs> That's what everybody tells me. Okay, well, here's hoping to that, Colin. Enjoy it. M-I-Z. C-O-U. you like.